Welcome to Single Moms Unfolded. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Kelly Vieira. This is a podcast for single moms created by a single mom to help single moms. This is our safe space to love, to connect, and grow together. Welcome to Single Moms Unfolded. Love, support, and encouragement for single moms. Today, we're lucky enough to have McKenna Isabel. How are you doing today, McKenna? I'm good. How are you? I am good. So we're just going to dive right into it. Today, I want to find out what you think a single mom is. What does that mean to you? So to me, a single mom is, um, I think somebody that's just, it's not necessarily somebody who doesn't have like either an ex-husband or an ex-boyfriend or ex-fiance that they share a kid with, but just somebody that like does it by themselves um, day to day. Um, you can still be a, I think, I feel you can still be a single mom. Um, even if you have a co-parenting relationship, you're still a single mom. You're still putting the kids to bed by yourself. You're still making dinner by yourself. You're still picking them up and dropping them off by yourself. You're still, you know, for the most part, the primary parent, it's kind of all laid on you, you know? So. Right, right. Yeah. So do you think there's any misconceptions about single moms? I think so. I I was thinking about that question and I feel like it's two part. I think there's misconceptions that we put on ourselves and then misconceptions Mm -hmm. that others have for us. And I think in the very beginning, whenever, you know, like you're a new single mom, you have like this misconception that you're unwanted or that you're like secondhand or, and that's just not the case. Um, It doesn't make you, you know, we put, I feel like, as single moms, especially in the beginning when we're, when everything's just kind of really raw that we think that no one's going to want us. So we feel like we're unwanted in the beginning, you know, and that has a lot to do with like the self-esteem and maybe why people don't leave when we should leave. And agreed. Yeah. And it's, and then, you know, from the outside looking in when other, I feel when other people look at single moms, I think that they think that we're unhappy and that we are, um, that it's hard for us. And it is hard. Being a single mom is exhausting. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, for sure. It can be hard. It's very exhausting. But what's more exhausting is being with somebody that completely devalues you. And we are much happier on our own when you're with the wrong person. You know, I think people see single moms and they feel bad for us. Like, um, Like we were better off before when they have no idea, you know, our life circumstances. And yeah, I think it's more off on that. They think that we're unhappy, you know, and that we're really struggling and that we're broke and that, you know, we have nothing going for us. I think that's sort of like the outside concept when people look at single moms. Right. Like almost pity. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Like they feel bad for us. Right. Right. And we don't want people to feel bad for us. Right. No. (laughs) You're pretty strong to do this. So we don't want sympathy. We yeah. might need help, but we don't want sympathy. Yeah, I might need you to help me pick up my kids every now and then, but I don't need you to feel bad for me. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. So um, when did you find out you were going to be a single mom? And, like, what was your first reaction? Were you freaked out? Were you, like, okay? Or how did uh, it go? So back whenever um, our son had his first birthday party, 
um, we started, we, we had always had problems. Our relationship was not perfect. Um, looking back, like in hindsight, I was a very codependent person, especially when it came to my emotions. If he wasn't having a good day, I was not going to have a good day. Um, and that's something that I kind of fixed with myself, but after his first birthday party, we really started to have problems and it wasn't anything that I could fix. It was a lot of his behavior and a lot of, um, you know, alcohol addictions that he had and, you know, inappropriate relationships with other people. And I just, it was something that I realized I wasn't going to be able to fix, but mm-hmm. I kept telling myself, you know, this is just a phase, just a rough path. And then after, um, like Thanksgiving, he ended up leaving and his family really tried to kind of talk some sense into him and really tried to, you know, you're making the wrong decision. Um, they really tried to kind of guide him back, but he made up his mind. And, um, so it already been a couple of months and we were separated. Christmas had passed and he didn't show up for Christmas morning. And I thought, okay, um, you know, that's kind of a big deal. And, right. Yeah, that is a big deal, especially first Christmas. If it's yeah, a, and yeah. Um, he, I was very close with his family. Um, I love his family very much. I miss him. That was honestly one of the hardest parts for me leaving. It wasn't even leaving him. It was the family because he, he had a really big family and I really loved them. And I saw them all the time. And his, in an effort to kind of, get us back together. His dad, my ex-father-in-law was like, come over for, cause they always like were hosting family things. And he was like, come over for New Year's Eve, you know, just come over, um, uh, bring my grandson, you know, everything. We're all going to hang out. And it ended up being this, not a good idea. And I remember my dad telling me, McKenna, I don't think you should go. Right. I'm like, no, dad, I'm going to go. <laughs> and I went, right. we, we want to try, right? We always yeah, want to try. Let me try. try. Yeah. And it ended up being this, you know, nuclear blow up. And he told me in front of his whole family that he didn't want me anymore. And oh yeah, it was really awful. And I remember being yeah. like, that was the first time that he had told me, like to my face, that he didn't want me. I he mean, all his actions but... kind of said that, that he wasn't interested right. in me anymore. But it was like, he finally told me, like, I don't want you anymore. And I was like. Oh, okay. Wow, shock, right? Yeah, and I was just, and I was like, and I remember him and his dad got in a big argument. It was like, and I was like, kind of like in denial for about two weeks. I was really heavily like in denial for about two weeks. And I mean, by this time, we're like two weeks into January. And I'm kind of this last year. And I'm kind of thinking, I don't know. I just woke up one day and I was like, okay this is it. You know, I, um, he, and it, and I kind of thought to myself that morning when I like accepted it, I'm like, he knew that. And there was a lot of other things that happened in December that were really hard for me. Like I lost a really close friend of mine. Um, mm. and he didn't care. You right. know? He wasn't there for you when he you wasn't there support. at all. Like in any, like physically, emotionally, spiritually, none of that. Right. And I was starting at the end of that month of January, I was going to start uh, dental hygiene school and it was going to be really hard. And right. I'm like, he left me knowing that I was going to start this huge year long struggle of school and clinic and these long hours and studying every single day and testing and 
clinic. I'm like, he knew that and he still left. And then I kind of thought to myself, yeah, he doesn't care about me. You know, he left me at almost financially too. And really the most vulnerable time of my life because I had no way to work. I had no way to earn any sort of income. Like I couldn't even pay my gas to go to school. And he knew that and he left me. And that's when I kind of thought, I, I just like had all these thoughts that afternoon, that like entire day. And then I thought, okay, yeah, I'm going to be a single mom. Like this is actually going to happen, you know? So I filed for divorce and the only reason I had, an, and it's, it's so funny, you know, people are like, well, how did you have the money? And I'm like, I didn't have the money when no. I applied. We never have the money. Like when I no. applied for the school and I had to do like a bunch of private loans to afford the school. And they had, they, they will usually ask if anybody hasn't um, gone through college or like higher education, they'll ask you if you want extra money to sort of like hold you off. They'll ask you, do you want to take out another four or $5,000, you know, to kind of rent or like living or whatever that you need. And I remember I took out an extra $4,000 and that was going to be, if anything happened. So I had enough money you know, to pay for daycare for the week or whatever. It's just, and I remember not telling him about it. I didn't tell him. And it was all under uh, my maiden name. So he had no like financial ties to my school loans. So I didn't tell him because I, I didn't want him to know that I had that money. Right, Because right. uh, that was around the time that we were having problems. And I remember I used all of that $4,000 to get a retainer for the lawyer. To <laughs> I was just like, like sick to my stomach. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to spend all this money. But that, that was the only way that I could afford it. And yeah. I'm so glad that I did, but I was just, it was a, it was a very like lucky, like a cute circumstance, you know, that I was right. able to. It. That you took it out, not knowing if you were yeah. going to need it. it. Ended up helping you. Yes. Out of a bad place. Yes. So, yeah. Exactly. Great that it worked out. Yeah. Awesome. So like, what was your biggest struggles when you were going through that besides financially and stuff? I mean, when someone says, okay, I don't want you anymore. And we have a kid together. You like, you kind of like dropped the ball in your lap, right? Because he wasn't like doing anything. worried about anything. So you yeah. were like, I got to be the mom. I got to be the student. I got to do it all. Yeah. I had, excuse me. I had, um, it was like, it's crazy. And I know this isn't always a circumstance, but it, Every other circumstance that I've seen, it's like the man is just able to walk away, you know, like wipe their hands, be like, okay, I'm out. And we're right. just here with all, and it's not always the case, but like the majority of the time, you know, like we're left here to like scramble everything and pick everything up and like rewrite everything that we had planned. Right. Right. And I am very lucky. So I, at the time, whenever he left, we were still living with my parents so like my day-to-day didn't really change okay that's good I always had my own vehicle um so I didn't lose a vehicle when he left um at a very very low truck payment um so I wasn't worried about that um so I still had you know I still had a vehicle I still had a very comfortable place that I was living I still have my parents with me um so nothing like that but I really struggled with like staying in the present. Um, Mm -hmm. It was really hard for me to like not wander off in my thoughts. Like, what is he doing? You know, 
I wonder what he's doing. Like, you know, why didn't he call his son and tell him good night? Like, should I call him? So he tells his son good night, like, or should I not? And I, I remember realizing whenever I, I did finally um, file for divorce, I kind of looked back, like I lost so much time, like present time with my kid because I was worried about what he was doing. I lost so many good memories and moments. I remember I had so many awful days that didn't have to be awful days because of his actions. And I couldn't even, I was a stay at home mom for a year and a half, but I didn't even get to enjoy my baby because he just made my life so miserable. And so like emotionally, like there was so much emotional turmoil that I couldn't even enjoy being a single mom. I wasn't valued for anything that I did. He didn't appreciate me. I mean, it was even little things. Like I remember one time I would lay out all his clothes in the morning before he would go to work. And I was a very good wife. So nice. I would never do that. (laughs) That's the thing too. When I tell people, you know, the kind of the dynamic of our relationship, they're just shocked. And I'm like, and I know I'm not perfect, but I was a good wife. Like I cooked dinner every single night. I, sometimes I would make him breakfast. Sometimes I would bring him lunch to work. Um, he had homemade food cooked for him every single night. I did all the laundry. I cleaned the house. I would I have a huge garden. I would can. I was I was a complete homemaker wife. <laughs> wow. So you're like, you know, mom and wife. I not he, wow. he just expected it. But I remember one oh. one morning I and I did it out of love, but one morning I, I had to lay his clothes out for him. And I I would even pair his socks for him. I did so many things. <laughs> oh my goodness. I, I know looking back, I'm like, why did I do all that stuff? But because that's just naturally that's who I am, you know. But uh one morning I'd laid his clothes out for him in the bathroom because he would kind of take a shower in the morning and then he would go to work. And I remember he was banging on like the shower wall, kind of like, I guess like calling me in, like he needed me for something, you know? So I, I go in and it's, I mean, it's like six something in the morning and he's in the shower and he just reamed me up and down because the socks, like they weren't dried all the way. Like I had paired them, (sighs) I guess they were still kind of halfway wet. And I just remember being so, like, I, I wasn't even mad at him. That's how like brainwashed I was. I was like, oh my God, why would I do that? Like, I'm sorry, let me get you socks or something. But now that I look back on it, I'm like, that is, it's crazy. Like the things that we allow people to do to us. But you we know? don't put up our boundaries. And we just yeah. like, we, we get what we accept, right? What we tolerate. Yeah. We're like, oh, okay. I'll, you know, if I do everything for you, you're just going to keep taking everything I do. Yeah, pretty much. And it's, it was just, it was just crazy. The, but in retrospect, when your your question was, you know, my biggest struggle was I, I had to realize that I, like you said, I had to kind of accept, I had to set the standard. Like yeah. it was now, I got to start over completely. I got to, com- I get to completely start over with what I'm going to accept, you know? Um, and I really struggled with like, well, I don't know what I want. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. what is right. okay, you know? And because for so long, like I just accepted like nothing, you know? Yeah. I, the bare, yeah. Yeah. Like the bare, I didn't even get the bare minimum. <laughs> like it, <laughs> I look back and I'm like, God, like that is just crazy, you know? Right. Uh, so how did you like cope with that? How did you finally like, like, how do you cope with that once you were out of the relationship and you, okay, this is not my person because I wouldn't be treated like this if this was my person. This is, you know, how did you start to cope with it after you knew 
it was over. I, I spent a lot of time by myself. Um, I did not, I kind of made the conscious choice to not go to other people and I didn't isolate myself, but I made the conscious choice to whenever I had really bad feelings, like I was just really missing him and I was really lonely and I wanted to talk to him. I just made it a point to keep myself busy with things that alone. So like, I really threw myself into things that I enjoyed, um, that I could do at home. Like, um, I crochet, I garden and I cook and I just did things to keep me busy. And it was something that I had to think about while I was doing it. Like it kept my mind in the present and I was thinking about what I was doing and not how I was feeling. And I wasn't pushing my feelings away because I made sure like when I was sad, I cried, I was angry, you know, I let myself getting it out, you're not holding it in, but it was really, I think something that really helped me was that I really made sure to stay in the present. And I was very lucky right after I filed for divorce, like two weeks later, I started hygiene school. And that was like, like trip my world all the way upside down. And I'd always, I already had an associate degree of science, but this school has, and I, I joke about it all the time, but this school, the program really saved me from making bad choices for myself because I, it's, yeah, it's kept me so busy. I don't have time to think about him or what he's doing. I don't have the energy to argue with him because I have other things, you know, I have other priorities that I need to deal with. And I was, you know, I was able to make friends and friends that were like of my emotional capacity, you know, and I think that's really important that you're with people that, you know, you're on the same level with emotionally. And that's really what saved me. And I think that's really one of the reasons why I actually didn't go back and I didn't, you know, fall back into another relationship with him was because I was so busy. I didn't have time. I all of a sudden had all these things that I had to do and all these other priorities that he was like way down on the list. I didn't even, it completely yeah. from my mind. I didn't even think about him, you know, because so, I so think about you were so busy and you, you were yeah. changing, right? You were growing and he, yeah, now my you whole life right so now the you have a co-parenting relationship with him now yes okay so is that still a work in progress most are yeah yeah it's kind of like (laughs) like lifelong learning you know yes (laughs) Uh, for sure he and i don't want to talk bad about him i think he is i don't think he's a bad person I think that we were both raised in completely different environments and he wasn't raised to have any sort of like emotional capacity. He wasn't raised, you know, things like boundaries and self-care and mental health. He didn't, he wasn't raised. He was like raised in like a survival mode situation. Not that he was raised with any sort of abuse, but he was just not raised in that sort of environment to, understand the capacity of like how you hurt other people and how that affects okay. them, right. you know? And yeah. I feel like it's kind of like an up and down thing. That's kind of normal with most co-parenting relationships. I think he has finally realized that I think for a long time, he was in denial that this was actually going on. And like we were actually getting a divorce and he he has good days and bad days. Right. Um, he has days where, you know, he's okay whenever he um, sees me walk out the door after he picks up 
our son because, you know, I've got a date that I'm going to. Some days he's fine with that. And then other days it's not okay, you know. But right. um, the only thing that I try to do is just I just try to – I don't bring my emotions into it, you know. Yeah. Uh, you can't, like, reason whenever – you can't reason with them. I'm like, we don't reason with terrorists over here. We have rules <laughs> and boundaries and that's it, you know. You're right. right. You have to treat them professional like you would like yeah. a colleague. It's like a pickup situation, you know, and sometimes, and it's kind of like I've developed a trauma response to him. I can, I can tell when he's going to act the way he does. And I, and I'm lucky. I still live with my parents. I'll have like my dad staying at the door with me. So I don't have to hear him say something or cause he won't, whatever my, you know, and it keeps it you know, very formal where there's no emotions involved and I don't have to deal with it, you know, like the emotional. Good, yeah, back up. Yeah, the backhanded compliments or whatever, you know. But I, and I always, you know, I like, everybody likes to complain, right, about their situation sometimes, but it could be way worse. That's what I tell myself. Right. It could be, you know, I do think I'm very lucky with the situation. Um, I think long-term, you know, we'll just, I don't think we're going to be the parents that have to sit on either side of the basketball court whenever we're right. watching play basketball. Right. We'll be able to within reasonable distance of each other. But right. yeah, I yeah. I really make sure to I'm I'm finally able to like emotionally remove myself from like his. That's good. Yeah, that's great. Because that takes a long work. time. It's been almost a year. Yeah, you know? it does take work. It does take work. So tell me, what did your life look like now? I mean, what is what are you doing now, and how how is your son doing? Is he adjusted, or you feel it? You know, what are you moving towards? He's great. Um, he's two and a half now. Um, I am finishing my dental hygiene school. Uh, awesome. Yeah, I'm so close. This has like been the most stressful thing I feel like I'll ever do in my entire life. Yay! Um, Good. So Good for you. Close, I, um, I'll graduate in eight weeks, I think less than eight weeks. Yeah. It's been like 18 months. Congratulations. Um, and, um, I'll start working and I plan on doing like a online program with Louisiana state university to, because I have to, I'll finish with two associate degrees. I'm like, this is, I need a bachelor's degree. <laughs> okay. So I, that's what you're going um, towards. Yeah, I'm going to have, I'm going towards a um, bachelor's degree in public health. And then eventually I'll probably get a master's degree in public health and work somewhere within like the VA system as a dental hygienist. And then I'll work um, like scholastically, I'll probably become a clinical teacher in five or six years. Um, but I have like a lot of little goals for myself. I, I really want to write a book and um, not like a book about relationships, but I really want to write a children's book. Um, awesome. You know, I have little goals that I've set for myself, but everything I'm like, everything has kind of just gone on track. I've able, I've been able to finish school. Um, you know, I'm going to, I plan on moving out in a couple of years. I have a lot of financial goals that I've set for myself and I'm just really lucky is my, the way that my entire situation has kind of rolled out that I don't have any sort of, it, that wasn't a setback. Right. You know, it wasn't right. a setback for me. It was right. almost like it helped me. Because I right. like you. it really it helped me like it didn't set me back in any way, you know. So I feel like you redefined yourself when you invented the person you yes. are, and, and now you know next time you not you know not to be s- setting out clothes or you know right. whatever, 
You're like, right. okay, I am going to put up my boundaries now. Yeah. So, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I, I really did. I really did like completely reinvent myself. And I remember, you know, sometimes my exes, I don't even know who you are. I'm like, this because I'm a different person. You don't know right. me anymore. Right. Yeah. Because I'm not that person before. Yeah. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm a new and improved me. Yes. Right? Really, and that really. takes the work to get to. But I think all single moms need that. Right. Because yeah. a lot stay stuck. Like, I can't do this. I can't do this. But. You know, so I want to know, what would you tell your younger self? You I could would, go back in time. Whenever I was, I so I graduated high school when I was 16. And then I left to go to, I left six hours away and went on a rodeo team whenever I was 17 years old at, um, oh my gosh, my mind's blanking. Where did I go to college? Jeez. A state school. I can't remember. Um, but I wish I could tell myself I stayed there for three semesters. I wish for one, I wish my parents would not have let me come home <laughs> I really <laughs> wanted to come home because I no. missed him and you know, oh, okay. So you went home for him. You were, I did. For... Yeah. Oh, okay. Stephen F. Boston. Okay. That's where I went. I went to Stephen F. Boston University in Nacogdoches for three semesters. Okay. I remember after December, I spent two weeks with him and I didn't want to go back and I wish my parents would have told me, no, McKenna, you need to stay in school. You need to finish. But they didn't. They trusted me because typically I <laughs> make good decisions, but that was not one of them. Um, I wish I could have just told myself, like, really. And I see younger girls and, um, you know, I have a, I still call her my sister-in-law. I guess my ex-sister-in-law, she's young. She's starting college. I think she's in her third semester. Like, just focus on yourself. True. Yeah. Like truly focus on yourself, focus on what you need to do for yourself. Don't even have them into the equation of your life yet. Like do what you want to do first, do all the things that you want to do first. Like I remember whenever I was that young, I couldn't even imagine my life without him. All the things I wanted to do in life, I didn't want to do if I didn't have him. Right. And right. I'm like, God, I wish someone would. And you know, my parents really tried. My parents really tried their hardest to get me, but I just, I wasn't budging. I was young and dumb and in love and blissfully yeah. unaware of all the tragedies that were ahead. But right. I really so wish would I that could be you, myself. Yeah. Would that be you, your advice for other single moms? Yeah. Just, what would you tell them? Oh, like just like truly like just, just focus on yourself. And I know this, like, that sounds so cliche, but once you get out of the relationship and it took me a long time. It took, once I left, I, you know, I just, I focus on myself and it didn't, it finally started to hit me a couple of months ago. And I remember telling myself, he didn't really traumatize me that badly. You know, I'm resilient. It really didn't, it really didn't change me as a person. You know, I don't have any of these longstanding, you know, implications from that relationship. But when I started to meet other people, and when I started to kind of open up to other people and their look on their face, when I would tell them, you know, they would ask, I wouldn't just like, you know, mouth throw up all my trauma to them, but they would ask. <laughs> and they were just in shock. And then it kind of like, you just, you, you don't realize what, once you leave and then you realize you develop these other, after you've healed yourself and you know, you're not looking for like a rebound relationship you realize all of the things that they did to you that really changed you as a person and changed your like aspect on things. And it takes a long time when you get out of this fog for you to really realize like, Oh my God, that stuff was awful. 
Right. Like you have to give yourself time. Like I wish I could tell like every single mom out there, you've got to like walk away and give yourself time to realize how bad it was. Mm-hmm. Like it sounds right. bad. I can look back and laugh and be like, that was crazy. I cannot believe I let them do that to me, you know, cause right. I've gone, but for a long time, I thought it wasn't that bad. And then you right. look back and realize how bad it was. And well, you think, right. That was my you know, younger self. That's the best I could do at the time. Right. Yeah. Like, you were like, oh, I thought that was okay. Then I thought yeah. it was okay to be like mistreated. You it was normal. Like- right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And I exactly. wish I could tell them like, I wish I could tell single moms. Cause I know it's like, it's kind of the th- a thing that we do, right? We get out of the relationship and then we need to be with somebody because we don't want to feel alone in our feelings and because it's scary and it's very painful and it's like a very raw process to deal with it all on your own. But that's really the only way to do it. Like, Agreed. and you have, and it's like, it's very emotional. I remember there was some nights that my mom would take my son, like go play with him or whatever. And I would just sit in my truck and cry. Yeah. And- wasn't necessarily that like I missed him or, but it was just that it was so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't have like that emotional relation. I have my parents, but I didn't have that like man to lean on, even though I never really could, but now I really didn't, you know, I didn't have, right. and I just, I, w- I really wish I could just tell all the single moms that it really does get better when you leave right. and like the fog comes out and you realize how awful it was and that you know, once you heal yourself and you've like, you know, you've done the work on yourself and you've gone to therapy and read the divorce books and the single mom books and all that stuff, you realize like the world is yours. Like you can do whatever you want. Awesome. You You can choose to accept what you want. Like I have a list. It sounds so cliche, but I have a list in my phone of like bullet points that he has to hit, you know, for, you know what I mean? And I, I, credentials to, yeah, like, this is like a non-negotiable list that so you have to meet all this criteria, you know, like, <laughs> like I know it exists, you know, and right, right. like, don't change, like, don't change, don't make it unrealistic. Right. But like, don't change your list for anybody. Like don't tweak your list to make somebody fit because there's somebody out there that does fit truly, you know, right. I don't know how many people are in this world, like 8 billion people on this planet. Like there's somebody, you know, and maybe that is, he's not in your hometown. Maybe he's right. not next door or something. You know, maybe look for him somewhere else that, you know, he found your ex, maybe not in a bar, maybe a library or something, you know, but, yeah. or sometimes a convention. Sometimes don't even expect it. Yeah, you know, and. When you're not looking, sometimes not looking yeah, is when you find you. You know, let them find you, you know. Yes, yes. And that yeah. that's also what I want to tell single moms is like, don't tweak your list to make him fit. Right. Don't settle, people. Yeah. Do not settle. Yeah, don't settle. Yeah, don't settle for, for you know, crumbs because, right. and at the end of things, you're gonna realize like, okay, now I now I gotta start over. I gotta start over with somebody else because I kind of let this, and I let this, and I let this pass. But, mm. but yeah. just kidding yourself. Like, don't. I I think about that too with single moms. Like, just focus on yourself and heal yourself, and the time will come when you're ready for another relationship, but it won't be exhausting. You know, he's not going to be exhausting and he's not going to bring stress to your life on all those other things that, you know, maybe the other guy did. 
Right. He's going to yeah. be the person you want. He's going to be supportive. You won't be perfect. Nobody's going to be perfect, but you'll know. You'll know. You don't. If you see red flags, please believe them. Thank you for giving us your time today and listening in. Remember, you're smart, beautiful, and you got this. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for more great tips for single moms.